Wednesday on Broadway for Friday, April 13th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway Star's James Marino. Friday the 13th. Nothing good can happen today, but as if to the fact that today was Friday the 13th wasn't creepy enough, a week from tomorrow, New York City is going to get even more freaky as Broadway between 26th and 47th Streets will go car-free an observation of Earth Day. I'm sure it won't be as big a deal as I'm making it out to be because there'll be a ton of people around, but I just keep envisioning those terrifying, weird, unsettling scenes where there's no people in Times Square in these horror movies and smash. I am legend. <laughs> oh, was there, there was one in I am legend too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I am legend, yeah. 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 Uh, 26 to 47th. So will that mean that replacing all the cars, there will be uh, fake characters wandering around asking for photographs for money? Either that or someone asking if you want to see a comedy show. Ah, uh, or here's my new CD, you know? <laughs> yeah, take it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know what's more frightening about Friday the 13th? What's that? Is that this weekend everybody does their taxes. Oh, yeah, I've run out of time. I've uh, done mine. I just have to still pay them. Ah, I see. All right. Well, uh, let's get on to paying the bills here. Matt, there's been a lot of discussion about the Carousel Revival during the previews. Now that it's open, what did the critics have to say? Well, uh, James, I, I honestly don't know that I can give you a concise answer because they are as all over the place as I can remember for for a show in a while here, um, maybe maybe the uh, the the Glass Menagerie last season, but mm, these are yeah. these are kind of all over the place. But before we go there, last night the sixth Broadway production of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel opened this time at the Imperial Theater, starring Joshua Henry, Jesse Mueller, Renee Fleming, Lindsay Mendez, and Alexander Gimignani. The show was directed by three-time Tony winner Jack O'Brien and choreographed by Justin Peck. Now, James, back to those discussions you mentioned, the show has had an unusually long six week preview period. And the word out of the first week or two was that the show was in pretty rough shape with people questioning every cut that was made, every directorial move, and especially what the production was trying to say about the central abusive relationship in today's lens and culture. However, as the production moved toward opening, the word of mouth began to get better but apparently it didn't get better for all the critics, just some of the critics. Um, we are recording a little after nine o'clock tonight. We still don't have the New York Times review in, which is a little frustrating. We were hoping we would have it by now. So if anything from the Times is especially divergent from what we're going to talk about here, we will let you know on Monday's show. But we're going to start with Matt Winman from AM New York, who said, quote, Someone with no prior exposure to or familiarity with Carousel is more likely to appreciate this misguided production. But speaking as someone who knows Carousel inside and out, sitting through it was a disappointing, bewildering and frustrating experience. OK, there's one side. But on the other side, Adam Feldman from Time Out New York gave the show four out of five stars, writing, quote, Carousel's sumptuous new Broadway revival plows steadily through the show's darker currents. Director Jack O'Brien invites us to admire the show as an exemplar of classic American musical theater, lovingly emphasizing its virtues. Henry offers a powerful account of Billy's long and winding first act finale soliloquy and opera star Renee Fleming, though too grand in manner for the role of Julie's kindly cousin, adds an elegant vocal luster to the stirring you'll never walk alone. 
Then, on the other hand, uh, Brianne L. Heldman from Entertainment Weekly puts the blame for the show's problems not on the cast or even the director, but on the show itself, writing, quote, Director Jack O'Brien's new revival of Rodgers and Hammerstein's 1945 smash stars several of the hottest actors currently gracing the Great White Way. And it features the work of a hot young choreographer and Justin Peck and includes a number of classic songs. But none of that can make up for the show's one key problem. The story is just plain bad. And she did that thing where she put a period in between each of the last three words. So, again, on the other side, then we have David Rooney from The Hollywood Reporter writing, quote, a remarkable aspect of O'Brien's production and of Henry's staggering, soulful performance, which is this revival's, revival's smoldering core, is that even in our current moment of heightened attention toward mistreatment of women in which a hot tempered man like Billy might seem an automatic villain, there's a tormented helplessness in this doomed, rootless, transient, transient that makes you understand Julie's surrender. Even when she swallows her shame and makes excuses for his reprehensible behavior, it's almost as if in choosing to love him, she has chosen to be an outsider like him, too. Now, James, these are all over the place, um, very much different. I'm really interested to see what happens with the review from The Grey Lady and from Sarah Holdren from Vulture, uh, because those are the ones that I always look for first. I saw the the show early in previews, and I said I didn't want to talk about it a lot, but I would have been a little more in the middle, not completely on either side, but definitely more towards the this didn't work side of things. But apparently some people who saw it later in previews liked it a lot more than I did. So is it fetch or is it gruel? Um, I think it depends on who you ask. And clearly you saw you saw Mean Girls last night. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, Carousel is one of my favorite shows ever. It's, it's, uh, it's in my top one shows. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I go Saturday and, uh, I guess we'll chat about it next week. Yeah. Well, that could, that could be a good thing for your review or a bad thing for review because either you love it so much that your fondness overlooks some of the production's difficulties or you love it so much the, the missteps from this production undermines that love you have and disappoints you even more than it normally would. So I, I'll be interested to hear maybe on Sunday, if you talk about it then about, uh, about where this one falls for you. So I was in love with carousel before the, uh, national theater production that came to Lincoln center played over in London. that mm-hmm. came to Lincoln center. Uh, and that was considered groundbreaking, a t- different take on carousel before that opened and, people were very upset with what I think Nick Heitner directed it, um, did, you did, did there. Uh, and I grew to love that production. Um, and saw it a number of times. Uh, so I'm not opposed to a different take on carousel, but there's, uh, some friends of mine that are purists that are just very, very upset with any disruption. Lots of, the of cuts. Cart. Yeah. Or the bench scene. Yeah. And the bench scene and, various people that show up on it that you know it's a two-person scene and all of a sudden hey 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 who's that wandering on stage (laughs) there's that and then (laughs) then there's apparently it was in when i saw it but apparently the dialogue after soliloquy that happens between soliloquy and the end of act one has been cut it was in when i saw it Um, but apparently people are very upset about how um 
Billy ends up finding the knife that he takes him takes with him to the island for the clam bake. Um, Jigger doesn't kind of talk him into doing it. He just kind of finds it. So mm. there's definitely some cuts and some people aren't happy about it. You're right. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll keep everybody abreast of this. So in the news, we have the uh, Tony Awards administration committee made some interesting determinations yesterday. Yeah, yeah, James, there are some head scratchers in this penultimate release from the Tony Awards Administration Committee. The productions discussed were John Lithgow's stories by heart, Escape to Margaritaville, Frozen Angels in America, Lobby Hero, Three Tall Women, and 1984. This is the first of those puzzling rulings because as an earlier decision that was released by the Tony Awards Administration Committee said that the show was ineligible. However, due to a nominator's recusal, the show is now eligible again for consideration. Now, James, let's remind people about what's going on here. Apparently, for some sort of personal vendetta, according to The New York Times, the production did not invite nominator Jose Antonio Vargas, meaning that it didn't uphold the requirements for eligibility. However, based on this release, Vargas must have recused himself from the discussion of this show, maybe the whole category. I'm I'm not sure. Allowing 1984 to be considered and then I'm sure here in a couple weeks, eventually overlooked in all of the categories that it's eligible for. Now, James, we know that Scott Rudin is not afraid to butt heads with the Tony Awards. Remember the Hello, Dolly performance last year. But do you think Vargas did this out of the goodness of his heart or did Rudin perhaps use either the stick or the carrot? To make this happen. Maybe Rudin went to a clam bake and found a knife. <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. That's, that's just that's awful. <laughs> I, wait, people, I waited so long to use it too. <laughs> I, I know. If people knew what we went through for you to get that joke in, they wouldn't believe it. Anyway, okay. Back no, to the uh, rule. Let me say more okay, about that for a second. Um, you know, uh, you were asking about Vargas, if he recused himself. Um, I, You know, it could be a backhanded compliment because 1984 is not going to win anything (laughs) so now we put it into the category and it's going to get shut out yeah i mean maybe it might get a nomination that we're going to talk about here later but i think even Uh that's a that's a long shot yeah all right all right so let's get back to the rulings the big one to me was that the committee deemed both of the frozen ladies to be leading Casey Levy and Patty Muron will be considered eligible in the best performance by an actress in a leading role category. Both of them. Now, James, clearly the committee can do whatever they deem to be appropriate, but I can't imagine that this is what Disney wanted to happen. I imagine they likely would have preferred that one of the women was in leading and one of them was in featured. I mean, I I could be wrong. Maybe Disney wanted to promote both women in the leading category, but it seems to me that this tremendously hurts the chances of either of them getting nominated. I think that Miss Cleo talked about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we did. We did. But I mean, I really thought that since neither of their names are above the title, maybe they would submit a petition to move one of them to leading. I can't imagine they submitted a petition to have both of them move to leading. So I I mean, maybe they did. But I to me, this reads like the committee said, this is a show about these two women. It's not a show about one of them and the other one supporting. So we're going to put them both in the leading category, which I, 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 I'm sure at some point we'll talk about potential Tony nominations or maybe you will on uh, this week on Broadway. But I think this really hurts the chances of both of them being nominated because I think if they were in separate categories, they both had a chance. Now I think it's a long shot, not a long shot, but I think it's an uphill climb for either of them 
just based on the categories in the competition. You did say a keyword at the very beginning of the segment. The keyword was penultimate. Yes. Yes, there is one more that'll come after these last round of shows are discussed. And it's, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell, especially with shows that haven't even opened yet. So who knows what My Fair Lady is going to be like and all that stuff. But, you know, we love Patty around here. We love Casey. And, and I was hoping both of them would at least get nominated. But now I, I think one of those two is is the most we'll get. All right. Uh, keep going on the on the rulings. All right. Yeah. Some other interesting rulings are that John Lithgow's stories by heart will be considered eligible in the best play category. Laurie Metcalf and Allison Pill will both be considered in the best featured actress in a play category for three tall women. And 1984's Tom Sturridge will be considered eligible for best leading actor in a play. That might be the only one, I think, that has a chance to get nominated. Also, in Tony related news from yesterday, it was announced that former Smash best friends Tony winner Leslie Odom Jr. and new waitress star Kathy. Catherine McPhee will announce the Tony nominations on May 1st live at 830, 830 oh, the not working. I know <laughs> 8:30 a.m. New York time. <laughs> All right. Uh, New York City, New York's signature theater announces the 2018, 2019 season and residencies. Yeah, on Thursday, the Off-Broadway company announced that Lynn Nottage will join the company in its Residence One initiative, meaning that Signature will produce two of her shows during the season and a new play will premiere in the 2019-2020 season. Also, Dave Malloy will become Signature's first musical theater writer-in-residence. His show Octet will cap the 2018-2019 season. The rest of the season will feature Tom Payne based on Nothing by Will Eno, Fabulation or the Re-Education of Undyne by Lynn Nottage to be directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz, by the way, meet Vera Stark, also by Lynn Nottage, Bozeman and Lena by Ethel Fugard, and Curse of the Starving Class by Tom by Sam Shepard, and directed by Terry Kenny. Okay, what do we have in recommendations? All right, two videos here, real quick. First up, uh, two of my Broadway World colleagues, one I don't know at all, and one I know fairly well, um, Jamie Bo- uh, Body and Nicole Ackman went to the press availability. It wasn't really a preview because they haven't even started rehearsals yet yet but the press event for the london production of company which will be coming up later this fall um they had performances by some of the cast members they had a, a q a panel and then they got to talk with some of the cast members as well in the uh, group of, of performers there was rosalie craig who's going to be the gender bent bobby patty lapone and then actress and the great british bake-off presenter mel gidroyce um, so that's a really cool thing if you want to see this production, which uh, I think a lot of people are really excited about. We'll have the video in the show notes. And then, James, we don't get to talk much about the Venn diagrams overlapping, but we've also got a video of perhaps the most prestigious guest to ever grace a Broadway stage, Lord Stanley's Cup. The trophy that is presented to the NHL champion every year made a, made an appearance on The Rock. Of course, the most Canadian show on Broadway, Come From uh, come from Away, welcomed it out there. They actually allowed people to um, bid to t- take a picture with the cup um, uh, to benefit Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Jen Colella, of course, was the auctioneer. So we've got that video f- straight from BCEFA in the show notes if you want to check that out. So normally you would be the more tuned in uh, pop trip, pop culture type of thing. And when I saw in the in the uh, script that you sent over, it said uh, Lord Stanley's Cup visits the Rock. I immediately thought of Dwayne Johnson. Right. Well, the difference is that 
if if it was Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I would have capitalized the T in the uh, because it would have been a proper noun, of course. I see. You know, Dwayne was on uh, HQ trivia yesterday, giving away three hundred thousand dollars, and it was it was a big, huge train wreck. But two million people tuned in. <laughs> it always is. It always two, is with HQ. Two million people tuned into an app. Yeah, mm. so, and then uh, and then only about one quarter of them actually could see anything because it. Was such a train wreck. A train I wreck, yeah. I go way back with The Rock, not like he knows me, but like watching him when he was <laughs> Rocky Maivia when he first came into the WWF as Rocky Maivia, he was he was awesome. <laughs> Excellent. So, what did we miss today? All right. In other news, here are some headlines that didn't make it into the main part of the show, but we wanted to make sure that you were aware of. First up, last night, the London Daily Mail's Baz Bama Boy tweeted that singer and songwriter Gary Clark has signed on to write the score for a new musical adaptation of the books and movie of Nanny McPhee, which will feature lyrics and direction by Emma Thompson, who played the title role on the big screen. According to Baz, a second act a second act workshop of the show is planned for October. He also noted that the show could hit a London stage as soon as 2019-2020. Next, the cast has been announced for the New York premiere of uh, Rajendra Ramun Ma- Mauraj. I'm sure I got that completely right. Um, her new play, uh, Little Rock, the cast will include Stephanie Umo from the Ragtime Revival, Shanice Williams from The Wiz Live in her New York stage debut, and more performances begin on May 30th. Next, the Irish rep announced that they were extending The Seafarer, starring Matthew Broderick, through May 24th. Baz also reported yesterday that the cult classic musical Heathers, I don't know if the call the movie the musical is a cult classic, but the film is it's whatever. Um, it'll begin performances in London at Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Other Palace Theater beginning on June 9th, and Carrie Hope Fletcher will play Veronica. And finally, in a story that likely no one will care about besides me, daytime Emmy-winning former star of One Life to Live in General Hospital, Kristen Alderson will join the off-Broadway cast of the Marvelous Wonderettes. If you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. So uh, I was going to ask you about this show. Is it Jamie's or something like that happening over in London? Uh, Everybody Loves Jamie. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be a huge hit. People love it. I know our friend Patrick Hines saw it when he was in London uh, a a month or so ago. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Hines was at Me Girls yesterday. Oh, very cool. Uh, So Patrick. um, So, yeah. I mean, have we heard much buzz about that thing moving? I mean, you brought up Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I was thinking about that. Yeah, no, I, I have not heard much ab- about it moving, although, I mean, other than people hoping that it does, because apparently the cast album's out and people love it. Uh, I have not heard it yet, but um, but it seems to be one that would do very well over here. I don't know a ton about it, yeah. um, although Betsy Wolf, who's over in London, had, took a very funny Instagram picture. She took the, the even though the show is, is called Everyone Loves Jamie, Jamie's really big, so she took a picture of that, and then under it, uh, she wrote is over and Jamie is done or whatever, you know, oh, the lyrics yeah. from the last five years. So. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play. James, I'm currently watching the first round of Lord Stanley's uh, playoffs over here. And one of the Columbus Blue Jackets just took a puck to the nose. Man, there's nothing like playoff hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. This uh, Saturday, what do we have on Saturday? We have Jan Simpson's got something coming up on Saturday. 
Jan Simpson's got a new episode of her show. And then on Sunday, you have Benjamin Schur, uh, most well known for the writer and performer of the show, The Lion. Uh, you'll be guys will be talking to him on Sunday. And on Monday, Matt and I'll be back. So we'll talk to you then. 